Morning, everyone. I hope you'll have a wonderful day. We uh, begin where we left off. Sachim, page 88a, the seventh line from the top. We are Mara Abelazah. Another thing Abelazah said, might as well it says in the passage, it says in the verse, it says in Isaiah, since he mentioned Abelazah, he says another thing Abelazah said. Nations, many nations are going to say, let's go up to the mountain of Hashem, to the house of the God of Yaakov. Why does it say only the, the house of the God of Yaakov? Hashem is the God of Avram and Yitzchak as well. Mm-hmm. Who called the Temple Mount a mountain? It says in the Akedah that Avram prayed and he asked, It should be said every day. And in the mountain of Hashem, Hashem will be seen. In the Temple, that's where Hashem appears and makes himself visible to us. Just like there's a mitzvah to be seen, there's a mitzvah to see, there's a mitzvah to be seen, Hashem reveals Himself to us. So He refers to the Temple as the mountain of Hashem. They refer to it as this field, it says, When Rivka came, Yitzchak was out in the field, the davening. And the field refers to the Beis Amigdash, so it was like a field. Yaakov called it a home. Mountain is like something that's distant, it's far, you know, it's hard, hard to attain, hard to achieve, to climb a mountain. So by, by Avram, basically it was like a holiness, was like a mountain. But Yitzchak, it was more like a field, it's already more accessible, but it's still a field. A house is something you live in, it's permanent. Mashiach will come in the future. The whole the world will become a home for Hashem. Hashem will be fixed and permanent, and will feel at home in this world. So that's why he says the God of Yaakov. Yeah. Great is the day when Hashem is going to gather in all the exiles, as great as creation of heaven and earth, creating something from nothing. It says when and now we're going back to Heshea, since our whole discussion yesterday was from Heshea, who married, Hashem told him to marry the prostitute, and he had the three children. He says, when Nemer says, that the sons of Yehuda and the sons of Israel, the other tribes, will all gather together, and they'll appoint one head leader of all of them, and they will go up from the land, from all, from the, all over the world, and go up to Israel. Be, uh, Mashiach will come. Yeah, yeah. It hasn't happened yet. Here we are sitting, still sitting on the Upper East Side of Manhattan <laughs> instead of sitting on the Upper East Side of Jerusalem. But any moment, because great is the day of Israel. Great is the day of the, of the gathering. Israel here refers, as it says in the Targum, the day of the gathering. Hashem will gather the entire Jewish people so he says, Yoim Yisrael. Creation also says the word Yoim. In other words, the gathering of Jewish people will be as great as the miracle of creating something from nothing. Oh. Yes. I guess gathering Jews together in <laughs> unity <laughs> is a greater miracle as creating right. something from nothing. Yeah, all the Shvatim. Yeah. Yos, okay, now we go back to the mission. Yos, I'm sure Shachtel of Apatrufus, an orphan that he had two. He had two, um, two guardians. 
and both of them slaughters and had him in mind. So he, he chooses which one he's going to eat. Shaman, well, we see from here, because we ask him after the fact, which one would you like to join? And then we say retroactively that, that, that he belonged to that sacrifice and not the other sacrifice, because he can't point yourself, designate yourself on two sacrifices. Korea. Korea. He says, no, it's no proof. Sell a bias to that for a minor, you can appoint the household, the head of the household appoints automatically his children. Doesn't need their consent. It's not that we need their consent. And now later on he agrees, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with this guardian, therefore it's as if retroactively he told us at the time of the slaughter. We don't need his consent. The guardian who's replacing the parent is, is, is offering it for all the members of the household without his knowledge even. He doesn't even have to ask his permission, doesn't ask his knowledge. So therefore, he was already included. Can I just say something? Yes. He says, can register him. Right. For the, what does that mean? Because you have to register for each Pesach. You can't just eat a carbon Pesach. You have to be registered. You have you to have be appointed. You have to write it down? Or? No, you have to designate that I am I'm with this group. This is a group. It's uh-huh. bringing carbon Pesach together. You belong to this group. If you register on two Pesachs, on two different Pesachs, you can't eat either of them. Uh-huh. You're not included in either of them. You can't eat the carbon Pesach. You can't just join in. Okay, by the Shechita, you have to, I'm registered with this group, I'm with this group, and they slaughter it, and then you're included. I belong to this group. But he says the, the minor, all the minor is doing is just canceling. He's canceling the other garden, guardian. Each guardian had a mind, had a mind all the members of the household, including the minor. And each, all, the, all the, the child is doing is he's canceling. I don't want this guardian. I'm going to go with this guardian. But he was already included. Not because of Breda. No, there is no Breda. Not retroactively clarified, revealed his opinion. Therefore, we say retroactively. We don't need his, his knowledge altogether. From the rabbis and the rabbis learn. Maybe a person brings a sacrifice and he has a mind, his, his son and his daughter, the young, the minors. Yeah. And here it means literally minors. We're not talking about other places. The Gemara says minor means someone who is dependent on, even an adult, but who's dependent on the father. In America, that would be many 30-year-olds and 40-year-olds <laughs> that are still living in the mother's house and eating, eating the mother's food, the parents' food. Um, but no, it means literally a minor versus an adult, literally an adult. So, so the father could bring, he doesn't even have to ask, doesn't have to consult, doesn't have, need that permission. He just brings it for his minor sons and daughters, the Abdiv and also his uh, Canaanite slave and maid, whether they know, they don't know, they agree, they don't agree, it doesn't matter. He's the boss, he's the owner, he's the father. So he can just bring it for them. But he cannot slaughter a four a day. is adult, 12, over 12, over bas mitzvah and bar mitzvah. And even his, his, Jewish, his Jewish servants. Even though... His Jewish servant, even his Jewish maid. Question is, the Jewish maid is a minor, must be a minor, because we learned last week in Parshat Mishpatim, a Jewish maid goes out of slavery the moment of her being a servant, her being a maid, the moment she becomes bas mitzvah, hmm. or the moment she brings the signs of maturity. So therefore, she's a minor. Why can't you include her? 
because since it's not his obligation to educate her, not only that she's a minor, it's not just the fact of being a minor. Her, your own children, since you have an obligation to educate them, it's incumbent upon you, therefore the children are automatically included with the knowledge, without the knowledge. Because you have a responsibility for them to take care of all their spiritual needs, including being part of the Karpim Pesach, educating them. But the minor, the shifcha, the, the minor shifcha, the, the Jewish maid, you don't have a responsibility to educate her. So therefore, you can't just include her automatically. And also for your wife, also, she's an adult, you can't just uh, include her. You have to ask her permission. You have to ask her if that's what she wants. Mm-hmm. You can't take her for granted. So, I mean, that's one but I said. Also, Tani, what? What about our Mishnah? Without discussing with his wife, what was the implication? Okay, we're going to learn in a minute. Tani, we'll learn another brayse. Your mother's going to ask after that. We'll learn another brayse. A person cannot slaughter for his older children after Baran Bas Mitzvah. Not for his Jewish servants and maids. Not for his wife. And only with their knowledge. Conscious knowledge and agreement. But he could slaughter for his minor sons and daughter. And for his uh, servants and maids. Canaanite servants and maids. Whether they agree, they don't agree, they want, they don't want, they, not, they know, they don't know. Mm-hmm. And all of them. Let's say they slaughtered for themselves. And the master slaughtered for them. Mm-hmm. They're included in the Pesach of their master, not in their own Pesach. Mm-hmm. They don't belong to themselves. The Canaanite servants belong to their master. So therefore, they're included in the carbon of the master. They have to eat the carbon of the master and not their own carbon. Not their own sacrifice. Chutz, the exception, the Isha. The Isha could, if she brings her own sacrifice, then she participates in her own sacrifice, not in the husband's. Why? Because she limchis. Because the Isha could protest. She can say, I don't want. You said that a woman, only if she wants, she's included in her husband. If she doesn't want, she's not included in the husband. So since she can say, I don't want, so if she brings her own sacrifice, she's, she, she follows her own sacrifice, not her husband's sacrifice. The mother says, why only woman? She's not the only one who can protest. The older son, the older daughter, and the, and the maid and the, and the servant, the Jewish servant also. Yeah, he doesn't mean just Isha. He means Isha v'chaladamila. Isha, he uses as an example. But Isha and everyone like her, the older children, the adult children, and the maid and the, uh, the servant, Jewish servant, since they can protest and say, I don't want. So therefore, if they bring their own sacrifice, they follow their own sacrifice and not, and not the father or the master. Okay, that's the brais, the two brais. Uh, this itself is a contradiction. First, you say, You say the woman because she could protest. Only if she protests, only then does she bring her own sacrifice. She's not included in her husband's sacrifice. If she doesn't protest, then automatically she fulfills her obligation with her husband's sacrifice. He doesn't even have to ask her. He automatically includes her. It's only if she protests, or she, or the adult children, if they protest, 
then we say that that they're not included in the in the husbands or the fathers or the or the master sacraments. But it says in the and in the beginning you say that it must be with her knowledge, with her agreement, the conscious agreement. But if you don't ask her, you don't consult with her, then you can't just assume, you can't just take it for granted. This was a contradiction. So your mother answers, When we say it has to be with her knowledge, not that she has to say yes. We have to ask her and consult with her and get her her okay. No, elabistama means midaita means we assume. Yes, we could assume that If she says absolutely not, then then you can't go against the will. That's what he means. It has to be with will. Means he can't go against the will. But if you're not going against her, unless she says explicitly, I don't want, and you're not going against the will, I can assume that that's what she wants. She wants her husband to offer for her. She doesn't have mm-hmm. to tell her. She doesn't have to tell him. You don't have to consult with her. It's obvious. And also the adult children. Of course, the father, let him bring for the whole family. Why, why would, uh, of course. And, and so to the maid and the, and the Jewish servant. It's only if they say, no, you can't go against the will. If they say, I don't want to have a seder with you. I'm going to my friend's seder. <laughs> I'm not joining the family. You can't force him. He's an adult. Hmm. It says, if they brought their own sacrifice and the master brought a sacrifice, So, so they, they fulfill the obligation with their master. The Vistama, right? We're talking about he didn't consult with them. He didn't consult with the, with the miners or with the Canaanite uh, servants and maids. They just brought in their own. And he brought for them. And we say that you have to follow the master. Uktani and says, Chutzmane Isha. The woman is not, when she brings her own sacrifice, she didn't say anything. She didn't say anything. It's the exact same case, the equivalent case, just like over here. We're not talking about that you have to ask them permission. Mm-hmm. No, he didn't ask him anything. The master just brought the sacrifice and he had everyone in mind. He didn't ask anyone, he didn't consult with anyone. Right. And they went ahead and brought their own sacrifice. So we say they have to follow the master and, and the women not. But why? She didn't say no. You just said only if she says no. She never said no. So why isn't she included in her husband's sacrifice? Mm-hmm. So, and the same is with the adult children and with the uh, Jewish uh, servant and maid. She doesn't have to say anything. The fact that they bring their own sacrifice, there's no greater protest. I'm not joining your Seder. I'm not joining, I'm having my own Seder. I'm bringing my own sacrifice. I don't want to join Seder. What more can I say? Action speaks louder than words. Okay, a servant of two uh, two partners. Can't eat from either of the sacrifice. Not from this master, not from that master. But Tanya, um, we learned but I said, he has a choice, he has an option, he can eat from this one or the other one. So Nachman answered, He called him by his name. Amri they say he called him by his nickname. Pas you dark 
<laughs> dark clothes because he learned Torah so much he neglected his appearance so his clothes were dirty and dark it was a compliment he wasn't insulting him it was a compliment he was so such a Torah his whole life was Torah he didn't care about anything else so he says Pas he says between you and me we're going to figure this out it's a good question it's a solid question but we'll figure it out and they figured it out our Mishnah that says he can't eat from either one is because they mind. They mind each other. Meaning, Rashi says, that I don't want to enjoy each one. I don't want to benefit from my friend. I don't want anything from my friend. So therefore, even if the master says, I'll feed, I'll feed him. Even though it's not my responsibility, only half, I'm a 50% owner, I'm not a 100% owner, right? There's two partners. But you know what? I'll give him 100%. But the other partner says, I don't want to benefit from you. No, thank you. So since he says, I don't want to benefit from him, so therefore he can't eat, he's not allowed to eat from the, from the other sacrifice. They're spiteful toward each other. Yeah. But the Bryce is talking about like Hapter Dodi. They don't mind. Oh, you want to feed him? You want to take care of him? You want to give him everything? Even though you're only 50% owner, you want to give him 100% of the carbon Pesach, what he needs? Isn't it? Fine, with pleasure. So then he doesn't mind. So therefore, he can be designated and appointed in that carbon, in that sacrifice. But in our mission, is talking about where he does mind. So therefore, he can't be uh, designated as on that carbon. You can't eat that carbon. Mm-hmm. We said that the, uh, the master, no, the master has to give him permission. If they're, if they're not spiteful to each other, we say the master gives them permission to eat from the other sacrifice, and that's fine. The half owner gives permission. Okay, you could go eat with the other master. I give you permission. I give you a, a pass. Mm-hmm. But if they're spiteful to each other, I don't give you permission to eat from the other sacrifice. I don't want you to ben- I don't want to benefit from the other from the other master. So therefore, he doesn't have permission to eat from the other sacrifice. He can't eat from either of them. Okay. Then the Mishnah says. A person who's half free and half slave, let's say he had two masters, and one of the masters freed him. So he's 50% free. The other master didn't free him. So he's not allowed to eat. He can't eat from... He's stuck. He can't eat from his master. He can't eat. He can't eat from his master because his master never had a mind for the half that's free. In fact, so what do we see from the Mishnah? He can't eat from his master. He can eat his own, his own Pesach. He can join in and participate in the Pesach and eat by himself. But Tani will learn the Brahe. He can't eat. He's stuck. He can't eat his own and he can't eat his master's. It's a contradiction. Here, the Mishnah says he can't join in his master's carbon paste, but he can join he can join in his own carbon paste. 
And here we're saying you can't join in, not in your own and not in your master's. It's not a contradiction. This is according to the first Mishnah, and this is according to the second Mishnah. What do you mean? It's not within the Mishnah. A person who's half free and half half is still owned, is still owned by the master. So what do you do? So even this Rabbi Yemecha, this Atzmi Yemecha, the Rabbi Yisrael says, one day he works for himself, yeah. and one day he works for his master. That's the that's the first mission. That's the first version. That's what Yisrael held in the beginning. That was his first opinion. But Bishamay argued, he says, he said to Bishil, you fix the master, the master is happy, the master has everything he needs. One day a week, he's be, one day, I'm sorry, one day, every other day, he's working for his master. But you didn't fix the half that's free himself, why not? Because he can't get married. He cannot marry a maid because the half of him that's free, a Jew is free, is not allowed to marry. He becomes a full-fledged Jew, a full-fledged convert. A Jew is free, cannot marry a maid. So he can't marry a maid. Lisa Bas to marry a regular, a regular Jewish woman, he can't. Any why? Because half of him is a slave, a servant. Slave, a Canaanite slave, cannot marry a Jewish woman. So he's stuck. Yevatel, he should stay single. But the world was created only to have children. Hmm. So what do we do? To fix the world. We force the master. We force him to free him. And he, we, he, he owes now this Eved, who's now free, will owe his master. We wrote, write a document that he owes his master whatever, 50% of his value, and now you have to give him time to pay because he was a slave till now, he doesn't own anything. Give him time, but now he's a debt. It's like a debt that he owes his master. He has to redeem himself and pay, but we free him immediately. We write a shtar, uh, obligation, an, uh, a note, an obligatory note that he owes his master for his redemption. And, and therefore he's free and Basilil agreed with Beshama. he agreed with his argument especially this is the loving and kind thing to do so therefore that's what he's saying according to the first version of Basilil according to the first version of Basilil he cannot eat his own carbon Pesach because he, the part of him that belongs to the master he has no control over it the master says no I included you in my carbon I'm not including you in your carbon. So he's stuck. He can't join his master because his master only cares about the part of him that's a servant, not the other 50%. He can't join his own because of the master's part. So he's stuck. He can't eat any carbon Pesach. But then when Bethilel changed his mind and agreed with Bishamai, since we're going to force him to free him, so even before you free him already, so therefore he can eat his own. He's like, we count him, we consider him as if he's a free person. Thais was asked many interesting questions here. Firstly, why do you say that he, even according to the first version of Isilla, that he works half himself, he's half free, it remains that way. Why can't he keep the status quo? He's half free and half servant. You say he can't marry a shifra, why not? The positive myths of having children should override the prohibition of not marrying a shifra, since half of him is free and half of him has an obligation. 
the period of Ibiya to be fruitful and multiply. That's the first so, mitzvah for man. First mitzvah. So something is in the way. Half of him is 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 a servant. Yeah. I, I, half of him is free, and the half of it's free cannot marry the this maid. Just sit it back. It should override the mitzvah of having yeah, children. Should override because he's stuck. You have no choice. Right. Everyone else, he can't say the same, let every Jew be able to marry a shifcha. He has an obligation to have children because he can marry someone that's free. But he doesn't have that choice. He can't marry someone that's free. He can't marry a regular Jewish woman. The only option is to marry a maid because half of him that's a servant could marry a maid. The other half that's free, we have no choice. The mitzvah to give children should override the prohibition of, of, of not being together with a maid. Yeah. So Tasteless answers. Firstly... Because she has no mitzvah. How can you force her to marry? Is there a strong word? Yes. She's not allowed to marry a free, a free person. So the half that's free is prohibited to her. She can marry a slave. Is there a word to marry no, but, uh, a person? Yeah, yeah. Uh, a shifcha works both ways. Whatever is prohibited, any relation that's prohibited works both ways. He's not allowed to be with her. She's not allowed to be with him. So a shifcha cannot be with a ben chayr. That's number one. Another thing, Taisa's answer is because the prohibition and the mitzvah don't come at the same time. The prohibition comes the moment, the moment she makes contact, the moment she starts intimacy. The mitzvah doesn't, doesn't happen until, until, until he climaxes, until he has the ability to give birth, until the sperm. So the mitzvah and the sin don't come at the same time. So therefore, in that case, we don't override the mitzvah. Do we want to close the door? Overrides, overrides the mitzvah. Taisa asks another question. Taisa asks, well, the half of him that's free, the half of him that's free, he can sell himself as an evadivri. He can sell himself as a slave, as a Jewish slave. A Jewish slave is allowed to marry a shifcha. <laughs> if he's previously married. Yeah, so let's say, let's say, oh, it means maybe, yeah, if he's previously married. And he has children, you say. <laughs> right. Yeah, so maybe he has a daughter, he still has to fulfill them. Uh, no, but still, he hasn't... Yeah, if he's previously married, he still has... If he's previously married. He couldn't be married, because he's... Um, um, it's an interesting question. But anyway, Tesu says that uh, because there's no yoyvel, since there's no yoyvel, there's no mitzvah evadivri. Also, there's a prohibition to sell yourself as a slave. That's one of the reasons we pierce the ears because the ear that heard you should be a servant to Hashem and not be a slave to a person went ahead and sold himself into slavery so it's prohibited to sell yourself into into, into slavery um, he, then he asked why doesn't he marry a woman who's like him also was half free and half and half half, uh, half maiden half slave Right, you can't match up which half, which half, because the part that's yeah. free is prohibited to live with the part that she's a maiden, and the part that's a maiden is prohibited to marry, to live with the part that's so free. They need a one day a week, they're free, they're, they can have relations, right. right? As it is, this whole discussion of Hillel and Shammai is only with the, ma- the servant, because the woman doesn't have an obligation to have children. You can't free a maid based on that, because there's no problem. He doesn't have the obligation to have children. It's only on the man there's an obligation to have children. I taste his ass, you can marry a mamzeris. Because a mamzer is allowed to marry 
is allowed to marry a, a, a maid, so the mamzeres could live with a part of a shivcha. And a mamzer is also allowed to marry a, a servant that was freed. So what's the problem? Marry a bastard, a woman who's a bastard, came from incest. So she uh, marry a woman who's a mamzeres can marry the, the part of him that's free, a servant, a slave, a Canaanite slave has been freed, and the part of him that, uh, that's a servant. Oh, so firstly, you don't want to add mamzedim. To add mamzedim in the world is not an option. It's not a good idea. Okay, now Taisus asks, what? Right. Right, right. Now, you force the master. Taisus asked, Taisus asked, how could you force the master to free? How could Shammai said and Hill agreed? At the end, this became a unanimous opinion. How can you force the master to free? There's a prohibition to free. You're not allowed to free. A Canaanite has to be a slave forever. It's in the Torah of Avadi Leilam. So you're asking him to sin to help someone else? You can't ask a person to sin to help someone else. But I love my fellow Jew, yes, but not to sin. It doesn't give you a right to sin to help someone else. So he says, takes his answer, because it's a big mitzvah, just like we learned in Brachas, that he freed his slave, he needed a minion. Since they had nine Jews and they had a slave, so they freed the slave to make a minion. <laughs> so even though you're not allowed to, much, how could you do this? He says, because mitzvah the Ravim shiny. Since it's a, important, a mitzvah that nine Jews are waiting with bated breath for a minion, so you're allowed to, it overrides. So too, this is a great mitzvah. The mitzvah of having children is such a great mitzvah. The world wasn't created to be empty. Hashem created the world to fill the world. Therefore, it overrides this mitzvah. Okay. The next mission is okay. Look at mission number eleven. The Rebbe says to his slave, "Tave shchita leisa pesar. Go and slaughter for me the carbon base." Shachet gedi yoichel. Shachet leichel. He didn't. He didn't designate. He didn't tell him specify what type of. Uh, you have an option. Either it could be a sheep or a goat. Those are the only two options. He didn't tell him. Didn't specify which one. So whatever the the servant went ahead and and chose, that's what he's going to eat. That's what the master eats. Shachet yoichel. Shachet leichel. The mother will ask, obviously. I mean, well, what's the? I mean, why would I think otherwise? What if he slaughtered both of them? He should eat the first one that was slaughtered. If the master forgot, if the servant forgot, he forgot. Early old timers, he can't remember. His rabbi, his master did specify. He can't remember that he specify a sheep or he specify a goat. Mm-hmm. So what should he do? He should, he should slaughter both a sheep and a goat. The Yehman should say, he should make the following condition. If my master specified a goat, the goat is his, and the sheep is mine. And if my master said a sheep, the sheep is his, and the goat will be mine. What if the rabbi forgot? He himself forgot what he said. 
Shnein yetzel lebeis hasadev. Both of them have to be burnt. You can't eat it. You can't eat from either of them. Can't eat either one of them. Tudem ulatzer pesel shnein. Okay. Why does he say here that you go to you, the, the 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 servant? We just said it, we said earlier that if a servant brings his own carbon and the master brings a carbon, then he he goes with his his master. Um, maybe it's Jewish slavery. Oh, but here the master didn't bring. The slave is bringing. The master tells the slave, bring a carbon for me. There we're talking about if the master brought, no, we're not talking about a Jewish slave, we're talking about a Canaanite slave. If there the master brought for himself and for his slave, and the slave brought for himself. So there we say, forget about your own, you follow the master. Here the master didn't offer anything. The master is sending the Canaanite servant to be his, uh, to be his aid, to, to offer a sacrifice for him. So in this case, if he brings two sacrifices, he makes this condition, he says, if my master said the, the goat, and the goat is for my master, this is for me, and then he eats from his, and the master eats from the other. Okay. Oh, a second. So which one does he eat then? So which which one does he eat? Right. So when when he's coming to slaughter when he's coming to slaughter he doesn't remember. So he brings both. Then he comes back to his master and he says, "Okay, tell me what you had in mind. I forgot. You remember." So if he remembers, fine. So his master will eat the one that he said, and he'll eat the other one. But if neither of them remember, so what do you do? They burn both of them. Both burn both the sheep and the and the and the and the gedi. And the uh, goats, and and but they they're exempt from making a pesach sheni because, because it's a kosher carbon. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly, exactly. That's the mission. Zok the gemara pshita pshita shochig the yechol. Obviously, why not? He didn't specify. He told them go offer a pesach for me. I don't care what you bring. So, so he's telling me you're allowed to eat. What no matter what the gemara says, the chiddush is the novelty is avagav the ragil. Even though the master every year loves sheep, that's what he always chooses. But nevertheless, since he didn't specify, since he didn't bother to specify, he left it up to the servant. So if the servant chooses a goat, then fine. You can't say, well, that's clearly not what the master had in mind. No, he didn't say anything. So obviously he left it up to him. So whatever he chooses, he's happy with. And the same thing, and so too, if the if the servant, the Canaanite servant, offered a sheep, he he can eat it, even though every year he takes a, he's, he's he's accustomed to a goat. But since he didn't specify, so he's relying and leaving it up to the the slave or whatever he chose. Yeah, exactly. And this is halacha. Yeah, yeah. There's no one who argues. Yeah. And it says, if, if he goes ahead and, and slaughters both, he eats from the first one. You can't. A person who designates, who joins two groups, who joins two carbon pesas, joins the list for two carbon pesas, can eat of, cannot eat of either of them. So how can you say that if he offered two Sacrifices for his master means he designated his master on two different sacrifices. So he shouldn't be allowed to eat from any of them. Not the first and not the second. No, you can't register on two sacrifices. 
you know, I'll see which one is roasted better, which one is better. <laughs> I'll join that group. No, it doesn't work that way. Which you can't. one got the hot sauce, which didn't, huh? <laughs> no, no hot sauce? Why not? Why, why can't you join both of them? Because it's aimed later. You can't choose later on. Okay. No, you have to make your choice when the time of the slaughter, you have to let, we have to know. Are you with us? Yeah. Are you with that? You're not with us. You're, in, you're out. You're yeah. with this group or not with this group. You can't later on, I'll make yeah. a choice. And if later on you make a choice, then you were in neither group. You weren't here and you weren't there. You can't join any group. You can't eat any. So how could you, how could you say you joined the first one? Everything in mother, the That means Pesachani ain't going to help you? No, then you would have to bring a Pesachani. Well, but you. You have to bring a carbon well, pesos. You well, weren't. You, you didn't fulfill. You didn't, you, didn't, you didn't fulfill your obligation. Of course, you have to bring a pesos. Why don't we? Why don't we say that's exactly what the Mishnah is saying? The Mishnah is saying that. No, Yecholishin, right. Minarishin, after the you, fact. You whichever one is first. You join the first one and the second one, but the second one. No nope. count because I already participated. In the first no, he 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 put them on both lists. Agdi and Etla. And later on, he says, we're going to, f- okay, which one was slaughtered first? No, you just said he, neither of them. Because mm-hmm. he put them on both lists, and we, in other words, I'm not sure which one he's joining. You're telling me I'm not sure which one he wants. Maybe this, maybe that, so you're neither. Maybe, there's no maybes. You're definitely here, or you're definitely there. The moment you start bringing two groups, means I'm not here and I'm not there. Later on, I'll decide, no, there is no, but you can't later on decide. You don't say retroactively, you're clarifying, it doesn't work. But answers our mission is talking about the Melech Malk, a king and a queen. Sure. And different explanations. Rambam explains that a king and a queen, because a king and a queen is going to get angry, you're going to tell the king and the queen <laughs> that he can't eat from the carbon paste, and not going to have a seder <laughs> off with their heads. Oh, so therefore, yes. the rabbi said, for a king and a queen, we say there is breda. You know what? Whatever they decide retroactively, it works for them. Fine. Yeah. Rashi says differently. Rashi says, a king and a queen who have all the luxuries in the world, they rely, they rely on their servants. They don't bother. Food, they don't bother with the, whatever the servants decide, we're happy. Yeah, it's going to be good too. Whatever you, whatever you decide, we're happy. You're going to serve uh, goats as goats. You're going to serve sheep as sheep. So it's not a question of bread. We're both happy. It's not later on they're going to decide which one we wanted to join. No. We're telling you right now, whatever you choose is fine for us. So therefore, the first one that was slaughtered, they're in. They're all in. They're 100% in. Okay. Yeah, right. The mother says, Vatanya, and so too, we learn the Braises uh, that supports this explanation. So we learn, you're not allowed to be designated and join in to Groups, two psachim, like together. There was a story with a king and a queen, and they said to the servants, Say, to go out, go and slaughter for us the pace. And they went out and they slaughtered two psachim. They came and asked the king, Which one would you like? In other words, one was a sheep, one was a goat. Uh-huh. Go ask the queen. The queen is very knowledgeable. Uh-huh. She's very educated. <laughs> Let's a- ask the queen. She'll know what to do. They asked the queen. The prince, the head of the Jewish Supreme Court, he'll know what to do. 
Malka, Umelech, the Daitan Kalalin, Yechlum and the The king and the queen, since they're happy with everything, whatever the servants, they rely on the servants, whatever the servants give them, let them eat from the first one that was slaughtered, they're all in, and that's okay. Do we know who the king and queen are? Well, we have to figure out in the ten times the period, of, of, the period of Ram and Gamliel. We don't know who the king and queen are specifically, though, right? Right. Right. This must have been. Was this Ram Gamliel in the times of the, of the second base of Megas? No, it must be the first Ram Gamliel. It was a Jewish king. This must have been at the end of the first base, the end of the second base of Megas. Uh, Ram Gamliel, uh, Hillel, Shimon, the first, uh, Ram Gamliel, the elder. Because Ram right? Shimon, his son, Ram Shimon Gamliel, the first Ram Shimon Gamliel, that's when he was in the time the Besamegas was destroyed. Mm-hmm. So maybe this must be Ram Gamliel, the elder, I guess. Find out. That's a good question. Yeah, first or the second? Second, second. Very researched that one. Who was the king? And- but Amnan, us, we're not a king and a queen. Don't eat, not from the not from the first one and not from the second one. Obviously, it was in the time of the Beis Hamikdash. It must be the only elder. We're talking about a carbon pesach. Right, sure, yeah. another time in Tzas Haltov, Beis Hamidvachayim. They found a lizard, a dead lizard in the kitchen. This is the royal feast, the royal banquet. So they wanted to contaminate also because a lizard is one of the eight shratzim that when they die, they impart impurity. So it means they contaminated everything. They asked the king, ask the queen. She's knowledgeable, she's intelligent. Ask her, she'll know what to do. They asked the queen, they asked him, they asked him, did it fall into a hot dish or into a cold dish? He said to them, It's just asleep, it's not dead. Huh. Pour some cold water <laughs> and revive <laughs> the lizard. <laughs> they poured cold water and it started moving. It wasn't dead. Everything was pure. He saved the day. The king depends on this queen. The queen depends on Gamliel. And the whole meal depends on the Mangamliel. Everything is the rabbi has the last word. <laughs> exactly. If he forgot what the master told him, how can he say, how can he make this condition? If my master said, I forgot what the master said, if he said the goat, then I'll, the, the sheep is mine, the goat is his, the sheep is mine, and vice versa. How could he say mine? There's nothing that belongs to the servant. Talking about a Canaanite servant. Whatever he has automatically belongs to his master. So whatever he's offering belongs to his master. He goes to the shepherd who always takes care of the sheep of his master. Who wants, who's pleased, who wants to help, help the master because he's a great customer. So he wants to help him out. And he, he acquires, makes an acquisition. He gives the servant one of these, either a goat or a sheep. With a condition, I'm giving it to you specifically that your master has no ownership over it. Then you could. When do we say 
whatever the master, the servant acquires belongs to the master, that's whatever he acquires, stam. But if someone tells him and acquires it for him and says, I'm giving you this to you specifically for you, not for anything else. For example, how could a servant, uh, if a servant wants to go free? So someone gives him money, I'm saying, I'm, when the moment you give him the money, it belongs to his master, it's no longer his money. No, I'm giving you this money that it's not for your master, it's for you. So to over here, and according to one opinion, he has to be very specific. I'm giving to you this, it's for the carbon Pesach. It's not for your master. So therefore, this belongs to him, and that's why it's a good condition. So then, this is my carbon Pesach, and this is his carbon Pesach. And when he goes back to his master, he asks his master, which one did you tell me? Oh, you told me the goat? Fine, then the sheep is mine, the goat is yours, or vice versa. Okay, the next piece... Then he goes home, he goes to the master, and the master forgot. <laughs> he doesn't have a bottle. So they burn both so he says, you have to burn both. It's only when they forgot after the blood was sprinkled. When they sprinkled, it was worthy of eating because he still remembered. The master still remembered. The master forgot before the blood was sprinkled. When they sprinkled the blood, you knew going in that this this sacrifice cannot be eaten. It can't be eaten. So if it can't be eaten, then the whole thing, then you can't sprinkle. Then Chayavan lost his Pesach Sheni. He never fulfilled his obligation because the whole purpose of the carbon Pesach is to eat. So when you sprinkle it, it could not be eaten. It's not a kosher, it's not a valid carbon. And he has to bring a second Pesach. Yeah. So not only can't you eat from it, you actually have to bring a second Pesach. Okay. But I said, others say, Abayas made this comment not on our Mishnah, but on the following Braisa. We learn, five. That five of the five people who brought up uh, five different uh, Paschal uh, Paschal sacrifices, and the skins were mixed together. And they found a pimple in one of them, a, 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 a wart that disqualifies the animals. No longer a kosher animal. But I don't know which animal it was. Four of them brought a kosher animal, and one of them brought a non-kosher animal that had a wart. It was invalid. But I don't know which one. So cool. And Yisrael said, I can't eat either of them. I can't eat any of the meat. Maybe this is the meat from the sacrifice, which is invalid. No. But nevertheless, but they're all exempt from bringing a Pesach Sheni. They don't have to bring a Pesach Sheni. Why not? Why not? Yeah, why they sprinkle? One of them brought a, a puzzle carb. One of them should have to bring a Pesach Sheni. One of them was good, though, right? Okay, the Gemara will explain. Yeah, yeah what, four of them were good. Only one of them was not good. Right. But at least one of them should have to bring should have to bring a peso shen. Somebody told her. Okay, so so the, okay, well, the mother will explain. So Abaya said and this Abaya commented, only if the skins and the hides is mixed after the blood was sprinkled. When the blood was sprinkled yeah, was worthy of eating. But if they mix with and then they knew already nobody could eat. In other words, where if they found out the problem after it was sprinkled, so by the time they sprinkled, we know we're going to eat from the sacrifice. We had no problem. But if you knew of the problem before the blood was sprinkled, so you know already that you, none of them are going to be able to eat the carbon pesah. So if that's the case, all of them are obligated to make a pesah sheni because all these five sacrifices cannot be eaten. So if it's not, cannot be eaten. 
So man the masnia masnisin kolshkin abrayis. The one who learned a bias comment on the Mishnah, surely in the case of the Brais. But man the masnia abrayis, the one who says that the bias made his comment on the Brais, our masnisin loy. Our Mishnah is not the same case. Why? In other words, our Mishnah, even if he found, even if he forgot, according to this version that Abaye made his comment on the Brais, and our Mishnah, even if the owner forgot which one he specified before the Zerika, it would still be a kosher. You, you, he wouldn't have to bring a carbon Pesach, a, a Pesach Sheni. Why not? Because Kivan, the Amasnisen Loi, because Kivan, the Kshedin Inu, the Itke, Ravachaz Lachila, the kosher, the sacrifice itself is kosher. There's nothing wrong with the animal. There's something wrong with him, with his memory. Yeah. So if he remembers, it would be kosher. So therefore, it is called chazil achila. Essentially, it's worthy of eating. It's just technically, there's a technicality you forgot, but you could remember, you could remind yourself. Right. The itker, if he reminds himself, right. When does he have to remind himself? Who cares? Even if he reminds himself later. The moment he reminds himself, he can eat it. Right? Any time before the meal, if he remembers... The kosher slaughter... The kosher slaughter... Then everything was good. It's a kosher slaughter. Yeah, if he, if he never remembers till the Seder. But if something drags his memory, and suddenly he remembers, he could eat it. Theoretically, he could eat it. He could. Well, originally, he had specified. Some, yeah, he did specify, and something may, was good from the something past. something maybe will jog his memory, so it's not, not like a problem. Exactly. Right. So theoretically, it could be eaten. Right. It's only in the case of the avelas, the case of the Braiser, which can they can never eat it because no, Al will never know which sacrifice was invalid. Yeah. So none of them, no, none of the five, could eat their sacrifice. Right. There, it's possible. There, you have to bring a pesos sheni. So Kapishmaya Ga Hashem knows. Hashem knows that the, who the designated, there are designated, and it was designated. He knows who's designated for this sacrifice. And therefore, even if no one will ever remember, Hashem knows, and it was designated, and essentially it is kosher, and theoretically he could remember. So therefore, it's a kosher carbon, it doesn't have to bring a carbon Pesach, even if he forgot before the blood was sprinkled. Okay, now he's dissecting the Bryce. Oh, Mama, the master said, They're exempt from bringing a Pesach Shein. They cannot eat it. All five of them cannot eat it. But they're exempt from bringing a Pesach Shein. But there's one of them who brought an invalid sacrifice. So he should bring a Pesach Shein. So you might answer from the Efshar because it's impossible. We don't have an option. We don't, it's not an option to bring a Pesach Sheni. Hey, Chilevet, how should we do it? Let Tell them all five of them should bring a carbon Pesach. That you can't do. Why not? You're bringing Chul and Lazar because four of them offered a kosher Pesach. Only one of them brought an invalid. So four of them, four out of the five, are bringing a, a regular animal to the courtyard. It's a fake carbon. It's not a real carbon. There's no obligation. You can't just bring a carbon. 
It's right. chulin lazada. You're bringing a, a non-sacred animal. It's a non-sacred animal because there's no obligation. And you're offering in the, in the courtyard. You're not allowed to. Darbar mine avdulu. You can't even mind that will be like a shlomo or something. Oh, one second. So, lay, let them all bring a Pesach. Let them all join in, participate, partner. Then, then who's going to eat it? You can't. Because you can't bring a carbon Pesach unless you're going to eat it. Someone has to eat it. Here, nobody could eat it. Because those four who already brought a carbon Pesach or don't have to bring a Pesach Sheni, they're not designated. Right. You can't just eat a carbon Pesach, only someone who's appointed. Who's part of the group? They're not part of the group. Hi, my Your mother says, What's the question? Let everyone bring a Pesach and make a condition. name, she say like this If I'm the one who brought the defective animal, the non culture animal, hi, dice, hash, then you have a Pesach. So now I'm bringing a carbon pesach. Now I'm fulfilling my obligation. I'm one of the four that did bring a kosher pesach. So I'm offering as a peace offering. The mother says, It's not an option. Continue in 89a. Why isn't that an option? Because a shlomim, you have to give the, the shengbon and the, and the breast, you have to give to the koyin. A pesach, you have to eat the whole thing. So what am I going to do? Well, I still have an option. Bring, let everyone bring a koyin with him and to join the group. So let the koyin eat the chazer v'shoik. Make up your, if it's pesach, it's pesach. If it's shlom, it's shlom. How? How? What are we talking about? Eat the pesach. If he already made his carbon pesach the first time, then my pesach. So maybe this is a real pesach. And it's a pesach nechshlem can't join him. He can't just have someone join in unless he's designated. If he didn't yet make a pesach, maybe it's a peace offering. So he didn't fulfill his obligation. The koyin doesn't have a doubt. Either he did fulfill his obligation, or he didn't fulfill his obligation. If he fulfills his obligation, he has no right to eat it. If he didn't fulfill his obligation, he still has, so how how could he join? How could he join? Because maybe it's a peace offering, and then he didn't need a carbon pesach. <laughs> he has to join in a certain carbon. Love a pesach. Okay, the Gemara doesn't finish. Let all five bring one koyin love a pesach. Let all five bring a koyin who did not do Pesach. He has to bring a Pesach Shemi. And let him join in all five. Surely at least one of them give him all the chazer v'shaik, all five. So you have, you have nothing to worry. He joins in all five. Four of them are, are, are shlama, peace offer. Yeah. One of them is a carbon Pesach. For certain, one of them is a carbon Pesach because one of them's original Pesach was invalid. So he joins all five. He eats the, 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 uh, the breast and the shank bone from all five. So you got, he, he's covered. He's definitely joined in in a carbon Pesach, Pesach Shani. 
and he's in, and he's eating the rest. He's eating the he's eating all of them the the, the breast and the shake. Perfect. Good night. The Gemara says, yeah, the problem is another problem. The problem is you can't make this condition because then you're minimizing the time of eating the shlamim. Pesach, I could only eat that day and that night, and really not even that day. You have to wait till the night time. And <coughs> you have to finish before midnight. Shlamim <coughs> have, have a great amount of time to eat it that day, that night, the next day. So you're not allowed to minimize the time. So that's not an option. Even though it's a good option, technically it would work. Yeah. Let him bring a leftover of Pesach. A Pesach that was designated as a Pesach, and then it was leftover, it wasn't brought to the Pesach, which automatically becomes a Shlomim. The name, I should say. If mine is a Balmum. If I'm the one who brought a defective sacrifice, and now what I'm bringing now is a carbon Pesach. It was designated as a Pesach, and now I'm bringing it for Pesach Shane. If mine was a good Pesach, was from the four that were good, never So now I'm bringing a peace offering. Because then also, the leftover of Pesach, have to be treated like a Pesach. Not like a Shlomim. A Shlomim, you get ah. to eat that day, that night, and the next day. Right. But the leftover of Pesach is eaten like a Pesach. Only that day and that night. Because since it was it had the name Pesach, yeah. so therefore it has the laws, the laws of Pesach. Even though it's a form of shlamim, right. but since it still has, it was designated as a Pesach, so it could only be eaten that day and night, so I have nothing to worry about. <laughs> and then, the problem with the Koyin, we already solved the problem with the Koyin. Let them all, uh, one, the Koyin should join all five of them and eat the Chazav Shlava, no problem. And doesn't like it. <laughs> Do we set aside initially? Do we designate there should be a residual offering in the first place? It's only if there, if after the fact. It used to be a Pesach, and then it got left over. If he already fulfilled his Pesach obligation, then you can designate it as then. If he already fulfilled his obligation, then the, the sacrifice that is a leftover. You can't designate initially as a leftover. So it's not an option. Hmm. In fact, the mother of a nitrache, we still have a nitrache, let him work hard. work hard and find. I'm sure that you can find the Maizra Rapeza, there's, there's <laughs> millions of Jews. Surely there's one you can go in the market and find there was a Jew who brought a sacrifice and they got lost and he brought another one and then there's an extra one and let him buy it and use it. Surely you can find five such sacrifices. So that's not a problem. The reason you can't do this is 
because you have to lean your hands on it. Dilu Pesach leboysmich. Pesach, you don't lean your hands on. Vilu 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 meiser boysmich. But the leftover of Pesach, which now becomes a shlamim, you have to lean your hands on it. That's good if it's a carbon of men, five men, because men have to lean on their animals. But carbon nashim, my women don't have to lean on the animals. So what if it's a case of five women? Why don't you have that option? The reason is another reason why this doesn't work. In other words, let him find a carbon that used to belong to women. The women are obligated to bring the first base. So uh, it was a leftover, a carbon from women who never needed smicha. So since it never needed smicha in the first place, and now it becomes like a shlamim, just like it still has a designation of Pesach, Yid at the day, the same day, the same night, one day and one night, also has the original designation of a, of a carbon for a woman and doesn't need any smicha. So I won't do any smicha. The mother says, you know what the problem is here? We have another problem. And this is the conclusion. Elam Shumatanis. We have a problem of the matanis. How do we sprinkle the blood at the altar? Pesach Pesach, you only sprinkle once. peace offering, you need two, that's four. What do we care? Okay, only do once. But at the end of the day, if you only could do one, if even those that are required to do two, that are four, the two corners, that yeah. end up splashing the blood on all four sides of the altar, yeah. even if you only did one, on one side, you also fulfilled your obligation. So here it's like we have no choice. So only, only, only spill once. What's the problem? You pour. You don't throw. But all the but the shlamim you have to you have to throw you have to sprinkle basically you just pour down on the side of the wall you don't have to throw and that you can do what do I care at the end of the day you fulfill your obligation and now the mother answers on both of these things aim at the company and the other the other only after the fact we don't say it's only after the fact but no you can't say initially going into it knowing no you have to do it therefore that's not an option and that's why he says that's why the mission says that they're exempt from Pesach Sheini all five of them even the one who brought up the fact of the fact there's nothing we can do to be continued have a wonderful day